Welcome to Awaken to Grace. I'm Chad Roberts, and I'm so glad you're joining me today because this is a special Easter sermon we're calling today The Hope of Heaven. And we're going to see how the two men, the two disciples who were on the road to Emmaus, when they talked to Jesus and their eyes were kept from recognizing him, they said something so interesting. They told Jesus, We had hoped that he was the Messiah. They didn't have a present hope or even a future hope. They had a past hope. And today I want to talk to especially people who have lost their hope, people who have lost their trust that God is who he says he is. I'm glad you're joining me on this edition of Awaken to Grace, and I hope today speaks directly into your life and into your faith. I want to welcome you on this Easter Sunday to Preaching Christ Church. My name is Chad Roberts, and as everyone knows, we are in the middle of this global pandemic, this coronavirus, the COVID-19, and today, like uh, nearly all churches in America, I am preaching in an empty building, but we know that the church is far more than just a building. And we know that the church is actually us, the people of God, in our homes. And if anything, I'm thankful in the middle of this uh, global pandemic is that I'm loving seeing how many families are gathering for worship. Many of you are sending pictures to us of your entire family watching uh, our services on your television or on a tablet or whatever the case is, but the whole family is in the living room watching church and having church, experiencing church. So if anything we're learning, the church of Jesus Christ, especially of our day, is far greater than just our gathering place or our facility, and I'm very thankful that we are seeing that in action. Well, today is Easter, and I want to share with you a very special text out of the Bible that has been preached many times throughout the centuries on Easter, but I want to explain to you why it's so meaningful to me on this particular Easter this year. I have seen something in this text that I don't know how, but I've, I've always missed this through the years. I've read this text, I've listened to it over and over, and as so many of you know who follow our ministry, I'm blind in this season of my life, and so where I can't read the Bible or I can't see a, a television or a computer, I can't see anything right now, and I've lost vision for about a year and a half now in both of my eyes, and so the way I study the Bible is I listen to the audio of the Bible. I'll listen through AI devices like Google or Alexa. And so I listen to the Bible. And while listening to the text, I heard something that I've never seen in previous years. In all of my years studying and preaching and reading through the Bible, I've never seen this. Today we're gonna study the two men, the two disciples who were on the road to Emmaus They were walking to this little village called Emmaus after the resurrection of Christ. And there's a phrase in verse 17 
that I've never seen. Verse 17 and 18. And we're going to see it today. I want you to begin with me in verse number one of chapter 24. Now again, I don't preach with the Bible because I'm unable to see anything. So I listen to the Bible over and over and I try to memorize it. Now, typically I can memorize a certain amount of verses, but for today's purposes, we're gonna go through the entire chapter of 24. So I'm not gonna try to quote it word for word. I'm just more or less gonna walk you through the chapter, but I wanna encourage you to bring up this uh, text on your own, in your own Bible or on a device or a tablet, phone, whatever, and follow along with me and let the Bible become alive to you today. And we're going to begin in verse number one. The Bible says that in the, in the early dawn, in the very early morning on the first day of the week at dawn, it says that the women went to the tomb of Jesus. They had prepared spices for his body to be buried. And they went to the tomb of Jesus and what they found was the stone had been rolled away. Now remember, this stone would, uh, it was guarded by two Roman soldiers at the orders of Pilate. And it had a Roman seal on it so that no one was to touch it. And it had two Roman soldiers guarding it at all times. Well, we know through the other gospels, a great earthquake had came and the Roman soldiers were out. The angels of God just knocked them out. And and so when the women got there, the stone was rolled away. And the Bible says they went into the tomb. Now listen, my friends, the stone was not rolled away to let Jesus out. You know that, right? The stone was rolled away to let witnesses in, (laughs) to let a lost and an unbelieving world in. Jesus didn't need the stone to be rolled away so he could walk out of the tomb. That was no problem. It was to let witnesses in. And so Mary and the others, they go in, and the Bible says they're perplexed. Oh, they they were shaken by this. Where did they take the body of the Lord Jesus? And in their perplexity, listen what happened. The Bible says that two angels appeared to them. Two men dressed in dazzling white apparel. And these women did what I would think anyone would do that saw an angel in that circumstance. They bowed down and put their faces low to the ground. They knew something holy was going on. And do you know what the angel said to these women? How beautiful, what sweet words, what eternal words. The angel said, why do you seek the living among the dead? For he is not here, but is risen. Do you not remember the words he spoke to you in Galilee? That he must be delivered up into the hands of sinners and will rise from the dead. The Bible says that it was then that they remembered the words of Jesus. Well, they run back to tell the 11 apostles. And then the Bible says something very interesting. And the rest of them. Now, our two men that we're going to study today, the two disciples who were on the road to Emmaus, they were part of the rest of them. 
They were there. They were eyewitnesses, ear witnesses. When the women came back and said, the body of Jesus has raised from the dead, the angels of God told us they confirmed it, they were there. And then Peter ran to the tomb of Jesus. Now, the gospel of John tells us that John and Peter ran to the tomb, and apparently Peter was a bit out of shape, apparently, because John beat him to the tomb, and later Peter called up. (laughs) And the Bible says that Peter stooped down into the tomb, and he saw the linens. He saw that Christ was not there. But you know what? The Bible says something very interesting. They still did not know yet the scriptures. It was not yet revealed to them what was truly going on. They were stunned. So now, Mary and the ladies know that he's raised from the dead. And Peter and John and the other apostles know that he's raised from the dead. And then the most interesting thing happens. Follow along with me. And that evening, two disciples began to go toward the town of Emmaus. It was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And as they walked, they discussed the events of what all had happened. And listen what the Bible says. This is just fascinating to me. And Jesus himself drew near to them. And their eyes were kept from recognizing them. So these two men are walking toward Emmaus, talking about the events of what have happened. All of a sudden, a stranger to them, a stranger approaches. And this stranger says, what is this conversation you were holding? And they said, Well, we're talking about the events, all that has happened in Jerusalem, all that's happened to Jesus Christ. And almost in a touch of humor, Jesus says, what things? (laughs) Do you find that as intriguing as I do? Read the text. Jesus says, what things? And they go, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who doesn't know what's going on, a.k.a.? Have you not got the Twitter feed? Do you not read the Jerusalem Post? Do you not catch the evening news? Do you not know what's happening? How can you not know? And there's something very interesting in the text. Now, what this is going to show us, and I pray that the Holy Spirit helps me to articulate the word of God to you today. What this text is going to show us is the unbelief of these two disciples. And what I find so, what's the word I want to use? So worrisome is that I see this in much of today's church. Now, what we're gonna find with these two men is even though they did not believe, even though they did not have a strong faith, They were still considered part of the church. For notice, they're going to tell Jesus that Mary and the other women came and said the tomb was empty. And they even saw uh, angels dressed in dazzling apparel. And then they're going to tell Jesus that then the apostles went to the tomb and, and they came back and they reported to us 
that the tomb was empty. Friends, they had every reason to believe. They had every evidence. But notice what they told Jesus Christ, not knowing it was Christ. Notice what they said in verse 17. When Jesus walked up to them and asked what is going on, the Bible, Luke notes, the Bible says, and they were sad. And what they told Jesus is that we had hoped that he was who he said he was. We had hoped that he was going to deliver Israel. Not, now, listen to what they're saying. Not, we have hope as in a present tense. Not that we have hope because the tomb is empty or we have hope because Mary saw the tomb or empty or not we have hope because Peter gave the report or we have hope because we know the scriptures. No, their faith, their hope was a past tense. We had hoped. And because of that, their countenance was sad. My friends, I want to challenge you this Easter Sunday. Is your faith future tense? Is your faith present tense? Or is your faith, is your hope past tense? Do you seem to not believe God as strong as you used to? Do you not believe the promises of God like you once did? Do you not believe the truth of God's word as you once did? And somehow through the months, somehow through the years, somehow through the trials, somehow through the sorrows, somehow through the disappointments, your faith that was so precious has now become a past faith. Because you no longer believe like you once did. You no longer hold to God like you once did. And somehow, somewhere along the way, your faith has become past. It's striking what they say. We had hoped. I had never seen that before in the text. And Jesus says to them, oh, you foolish ones, and slow to believe. You know, I always thought that Jesus was a little harsh right there. Just to be honest with you. I thought Jesus was a little bit hard on these guys. But I never sat down and calculated. They heard Mary's testimony. They heard the other women who were with her. They heard Uh, Peter's testimony. They heard John's testimony. They had the evidence of scriptures. Jesus himself spoke of his resurrection. And yet with all of that evidence, they didn't believe, even though they were part of the company of believers. Hear my heart today, church. Hear my pastor's heart for you. You may be part of this church or another church. You may be a Christian in name. You may may hold to the Christian faith. You may say, yes, I believe in Jesus. Yes, I follow Jesus. Yes, I am a Christian. But does that mean you have saving faith? Does that mean you believe? You can be part of of the company. You can be part of the believers. You can be part of the church and not truly 
believe. I want you to hear me today as I preach with authority, the authority of God's word, the authority of God's spirit. Some of you are so sad in your life and you don't understand why you're sad. You love your spouse. You love your children. You're thankful for the income that you have. You're thankful for the housing that you have. You're thankful for the health that you have. But somehow, some reason, you're sad in your life. Do you know why you may be sad, my friend? Is it because you've never truly believed the gospel? These men were elbow to elbow with the saints, with the apostles, with the people of God, and yet they didn't really believe. Has your faith become a past faith? Has your hope become a past hope? I'm entitling today the hope of Easter because the Bible word for hope is an incredibly important word to me. You know, the Bible word for hope is not the way we use the word hope in our English language. Today, we may say, well, we say, I hope this coronavirus doesn't last much longer. Or we may say, I hope my kids go back to school soon. (laughs) We may say, I hope for good weather next week. For, mo- for most of the times that we say hope in our English language, what we really mean is we cross our fingers. We hope. That's not the Bible word for hope. The Bible word for hope literally means a confident expectation. There is a confident expectation about believers. Why do we have such confidence? Because we have a living word called the Bible. And it is a living word. And it tells us about a living Savior named Jesus Christ who rose from the dead and is alive now. And the Bible says, he ever liveth to make intercession for us. Christ right now is interceding before the Father on our behalf. The living word tells us of a living savior and that is what gives us a living hope. Isn't that remarkable? A living hope. These men said, verse 16, verse 17, verse 18. In verse 17, they're sad. They're sad. Why? Because they say, We had hoped. Well, Jesus says, beginning with Moses and through all of the prophets, Jesus begins to interpret the scriptures for them. So they're walking this seven-mile journey on the road to Emmaus. Once they reach town, it's evening, And Jesus, the Bible says, acts as though he's going to go further. Jesus is doing quite a good acting job here. (laughs) And I enjoy reading this, listening to it in my case. He acts as though he's going to go further. And the men 
ask him, oh, please stay with us. The day is far spent. In other words, you're not going to get much further. Now, remember, all this time, they don't know, they don't recognize that they're with Jesus, even though they are his disciples. And so Jesus agrees to stay with them. And this is very interesting. When they set to recline at dinner, Jesus breaks the bread and blesses it. And the Bible says it was then that their eyes were opened and they saw Jesus and remembered. And then the Bible says that Jesus vanished right before them. Now, why did Jesus vanish? Did he abandon them? Oh, no, 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 no. Jesus was showing his power. He was showing his glory. He was showing his ability. And the men, listen to what they said. While he opened the scriptures to us, they said, did our hearts not burn within us? Hear me, my friends. Oh, God, help me to say this. Holy Spirit, help me right now. Help me, Spirit of God. Let this word go into people's hearts. Let this word uh, pierce darkness, oh God. Help me to communicate this, Lord God. Amen. Now, watch this because this is so important. These men did not have a head issue. They had a heart issue. See, they were able, when they didn't recognize Jesus, they were able to tell Jesus all about Jesus. <laughs> Go back and read it in verses 16 and 17. They were able to, they said, Jesus, are you, uh, no, thinking he was a stranger, did they say, are you the only one in Jerusalem who doesn't know about Jesus? How he was a prophet sent from God and did mighty works and mighty deeds in the name of God. And we had hope that he would deliver Israel. They, when it came to the head knowledge, they could tell Jesus everything about Jesus. These men had a heart issue. And they said, once their eyes came open, they said, did our hearts not burn within us while he talked? Friend, am I speaking to you today that you have all the head knowledge? You know the religion. You know the Christianity. You know the language. You know the do's and the don'ts. And you know the rules. And you've been raised in this thing or you grew up around it or you've been around it enough that you know what to do or what not to do. But let me ask you this. Has Jesus ever burned in your hearts? Has he ever transformed the heart to where the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away and everything has become new. Has that happened to you? Have you become a new creation? Has the old in your life passed away? I'm preaching today to so many that you have the head knowledge but you lack the heart. And this is what Jesus wants to do for you. Jesus did not come for the, for just for people to have a knowledge about him. No, he came to dwell in our hearts. 
Is Christ dwelling in you this Easter? Is Christ made his home, your heart, this Easter? So, after Jesus vanishes, they're not going to sleep. They're not just going to tuck in and go to bed. The Bible says that that very hour they headed back to Jerusalem and they went to tell the apostles and the others, we have seen the Lord. Isn't that special? Friend, do you know what will happen to you when your eyes truly come open and Christ burns in your heart? You know what will happen? You'll have to tell others. You'll have to tell of the Jesus that changed your life. See, that's why Christians are so passionate. You, people wonder why we do mission trips. They wonder why we do outreaches. They wonder why we would do videos and plaster them all over the internet. They wonder why we write books and produce music. And they wonder why we're so aggressive in getting the gospel out. Do you know why? Because Jesus burns in our hearts. Because Jesus has opened the eyes of our hearts. And when Jesus opens your heart, when Jesus opens your mind, you can't help but Jesus opening your mouth. (laughs) You can't help but your lips telling of what God has done for you. So where's your faith today? This Easter, where's your faith? Is it present? Is it now? Today? Is it growing? Is it future? Do you look toward the coming of Christ? Do you look forward to heaven? Do you look forward to earning crowns to present to the Lord Jesus Christ? Or has your faith become something of the past? Because somewhere you feel as though God has let you down or you feel as though you've let God down. I want to encourage you today, ask the Lord to open the eyes of your heart. Ask the Lord to do a new work in your life. And you say, Chad, how will that come? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Let me tell you, (laughs) let me tell you. When Jesus sat down with the men in Emmaus, when he was on the road with them, on the seven mile road to Emmaus, Jesus, listen to what he did. He opened the scriptures. Now, what does the Bible teach us? Don't miss this. I'm closing with this, and this is so important. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Why did their hearts burn within them? How did their eyes come open? Because Jesus took them through the word. And today, if you're saying, Chad, how does my faith grow? How do I go from a past tense faith to a present and a future tense faith? How do I go about growing in my faith? Friends, there's only one way. Faith doesn't come through the church. Faith doesn't come through experiences. Faith doesn't come... Through any other way, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You want your heart to burn within you? 
Read the word. You want to see Jesus more clearly? Read the word. For he is in every book. He's on every page throughout the entire Bible. You really want to grow in your faith? Dive into the word of God. Read it. Study it. Memorize it. But mostly apply it to your daily life. And your faith is going to grow. And your faith will go from a Past tense, I had hoped to a present tense. I have been with the Lord. Hallelujah. Friends, can I pray for you on this Easter? Lord, I want to thank you for every person who has watched or listened to today's broadcast. I thank you, God, for the work that you're doing in their heart even right now. So many in their living rooms, so many in their bedrooms, so many in their cars or hospital rooms or hotel rooms, wherever people are listening, you're doing a work right now in their heart, Holy Spirit. And I pray, Jesus, that you will draw all men to yourself. Draw them to yourself. Draw humanity to yourself, Lord God. I pray right now, specifically, I just sense this by the Holy Spirit that a teenager is listening right now that you are drawing. You're drawing that teenager right now to yourself. God changed their life forever. Let today be a defining moment in their life, a watershed moment with the Lord that the calling of God becomes evident on their life forevermore. Now God, those who are listening who has a past tense faith, they they once believed, they once hoped, they once walked with the Lord. God, I pray that you'll use today's sermon, today's text, and that the Spirit of God will open the eyes of their heart and that you will burn in their hearts, Lord Jesus. I thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for Easter. For us, God, Easter's every single day. Easter's not one time a year by no means. For the day star has arose in our hearts and we celebrate your resurrection each and every day. And God, we thank you that resurrection life flows through our veins in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen.